You're listening to HSBC Talks Business. Learn how businesses like yours are leveraging a wide range of banking solutions to maximize their success and how HSBC is helping them. Listeners should note that this episode has been recorded remotely. Therefore, the sound quality may vary. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Business Plan for the Planet podcast, a series centered around ESG insights. In these episodes, you'll hear from experts whose work is at the heart of sustainability-linked trends and opportunities, as well as from businesses that are delivering change for a better future for us all. Join us as we shine a spotlight on their commitment to a sustainable future. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Business Plan for the Planet. My name is Angie Hall, Head of Sustainable Finance Commercial Banking with HSBC Bank Canada. Today, we're talking to Ron Keel, Managing Director at Frontenac, and Frontenac has a plan, a business plan for sustainable finance. Frontenac is a leading private equity firm that's looking to expand its sustainable footprint and use more green financing across its asset portfolio. HSBC recently brokered a green loan transaction between Frontenac and Nutera, a company that provides water treatment solutions to industrial, real estate development, and municipal clients. When Nutera became an acquisition target in early 2020, Frontenac was interested, but it wasn't until HSBC Canada's sustainability team suggested it that the firm realized this could be financed through a green loan. Welcome, Ron. So great to have you here. My pleasure, Angie. So tell us a bit more about Frontenac and your approach to investing. Sure. So uh, by way of background, Frontenac was founded 50 years ago in 19, 1971, and we've been fortunate enough to have been successful during that period of time. We've completed 300 investments over the course of our history, and uh, we've partnered with some really outstanding management teams, in investors, uh, and, and employees. I think we've been successful in large part because of that partnership with management. We've coined the phrase, trademarked the phrase, CEO first, which essentially is partnering with an executive in advance of finding an investment or a, or a transaction. So Angie, I'll get to how this pertains to Nutera. Finally, on our, on our firm, we're a middle market private equity firm. We invest across industrial businesses, services companies, and consumer. So it's a fairly, fairly broad mandate. And we'll look for businesses with sales generally between $50 million and $250 million. Great. That's helpful for, for listeners to know. And uh, I mean, certainly, I think a really important part of the private equity market here in North America. Listening to you describe a bit of, of the investment strategy, that CEO first focus and some of those industries, there isn't necessarily a, a natural sustainability angle that, that jumps out at me there. So I'm curious about how did Nutera fit into your investment strategy? And when you first started considering the opportunity, was there a particular focus on sustainability? Sure. So, so our interest in, in water and wastewater, and then I'll circle back, Angie, to your question about sustainability, but in the water category dates back a decade. We had invested in a business, Sigma International, that focused on the infrastructure dimension of, of the water and, and wastewater systems. And there, the, the principal portion of the business was on the retrofit and, and repair side. So that, that as far as uh, I think we would have reasonably qualified for a green loan with with that business as well but that that got us to reflect further and think about the diff- various ways to be impactful with specific investments uh, i i would cite that that over the years 
within the course of normal everyday uh, operations, we we have adopted several of the of the key principles around our carbon footprint being conservative with energy, and so everything from solar panels. Two two of our companies have multi multi million dollar solar panel farms that generate 100 percent 100 percent plus of their power. Not a cheap investment upfront, but one where there's government subsidies that make that very attractive over a 10 plus year period. I'd add to that motion sensing lighting, which is not novel, but it's helpful in, in that regard. Recycling our waste with one of our most recent investments. This is a food company. We have zero, uh, we have a zero wastewater facility. Uh, the business utilizes and, and reuses uh, a local deep water well. And our, our wastewater is processed through technical mumbo jumbo, but a membrane bio reactor where all of the regenerated water is returned to the, to the, to the plant. So within most all of our, of our portfolio companies, we already take actions uh, in and around this topic of sustainability. So, so circling, circling back on Nutera, we had the CEO first initiative with, uh, with Jim McGivern. Uh, who was previously the chief operating officer of American Water. He, he also ran Elster, Elster Meters. And so he's highly, ex highly experienced. And he actually was our CEO for that prior water investment that we had. Our, our thesis there was, was to invest in uh, water, wastewater, uh, stormwater, groundwater focused, focused businesses for, for a hand, for a handful of reasons. But, but one is the consciousness of, the sustainability dimension of of what those of what those companies uh, represent and what in the products and services that they that they provide. You know what I think is so interesting about that, Ron, is that really you're a traditional private equity firm, and even sort of before this transaction, where where there is the leveraging of sustainable finance to uh, to get the acquisition completed, there are so many great examples of how sustainability is relevant in in different facets, whether it was uh, renewable energy or, or zero waste or, or just waste recycling. It's uh, I think it's exciting. It's important for for businesses to hear that you don't necessarily need to be an ESG focused fund or a sustainability a pure play sustainability business for these concepts to be relevant. So really appreciate you sharing that. It sounds like these applications of Nutera solutions have a, a really global uh, or have global potential. So I'm curious with your investment, what is the strategy for growth and how will HSBC's footprint help you achieve that? The business today is predominantly North American in both uh, production of the systems and products, as well as from a from a sales standpoint. Uh, a smaller portion of our business is international in in nature. We pursue that from a sales point of view, largely through through agents that are our salespeople feed up, feed on the street. There, I think we look at the the global need and global demand. Uh, it's a it's a huge market and a and a growing market, and that pertains to uh, both the need for for uh, new new sources of water as well as as well as wastewater and and infrastructure. I think our first priority is just just given that the North American market is uh, is so substantial in size, we're really first and foremost focused on uh, the this growing market uh, taking taking share, uh, continuing to add to our solution solution set with an eye towards uh, international. But that that's probably a secondary secondary priority. 
I think from an HSBC standpoint, and we'll talk more about sort of our decision criteria and what what drove us to uh, to work with HSBC. But it's that it's that global reach, it's the expertise in in Canada, and then and then also this this green loan program was particularly intriguing and um, was a was a key and deciding factor to uh, to to our decision. Wonderful. So coming back to the transaction, uh, how did the idea to leverage sustainable finance come about? And I'm curious if you were already familiar with the product suite or if this was raised by HSBC. From our standpoint, I think we've tracked more more from a distance uh, some of the product product offerings that exist from a sustainability point, point of view. I mean, if you go back to to the green bond concept, my my sense is that where the green loan is today in terms of uh, being launched, ramping up in terms of size and importance. Um, that that really is ten years ago. That was where the green bond market was, and just a, just a couple. And I, th- I think this is helpful and relevant, at least as we looked at being on the the front end of the of the green loan boom. We'll call it we'll call it that. This was in a five year period during the 2010s. The, the green bond market went from three billion to north of uh, 150 billion, and so that's 50 times the size in five five years. Really, an explosive an explosive growth tra- trajectory. So we we were aware of that um, in in large part just just due to tracking the markets and being being in touch with the products that were out there. I think on the on the on the green loan side. We really didn't have a, an extensive set of experiences or or knowledge knowledge base base there. I think this is largely a newer largely a newer product that existed. We we did we did track the the first um, the first deal that was announced with uh, concert properties that that HSBC HSBC led. I think as we looked into that and studied that more closely. We had largely assumed that it was going to be challenging for us to participate in a green loan for for a handful of reasons. One, one is just with respect to what um, what what concert properties uh, did was around uh, construction and of a very specific building type from an energy efficiency standpoint. Um, Nutera is an existing existing company. There's not a construction dimension. And um, you know, when we thought the odds were that it was that it was less likely that that was that that was the case, we looked at as well. I, there's a handful of industries where you're you're eligible to be considered, and they were very specific um, and, and nuanced. So, energy efficiency, sort of waste to energy uh, conversion, and a handful of others that were more around natural resources and and otherwise. Uh, there there was a bullet. At or near the bottom that talked about water and wastewater, but again, th- this was not something we'd find eligible. As as we as we uh, commenced discussions with HSBC, which goes back further, this this topic this topic came up, and um, when when it when it was raised with with Frontenac, it was instantly intriguing. We had the skepticism around: Are we really eligible for this? How does it work? It, it is uh, on the on the early end of of development, and from our standpoint, more conceptual than 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 tangible. But it was really HSBC that put this on the on the radar specifically as pertains to Nutera. 
No, you've made a really uh, a series of really interesting points there around both the sustainable finance market, the the origination really with the green bond. I would say some of those global nuances around how the product suite evolved in Europe and and the pace at which we've seen it come to the Americas. And I mean, certainly one of my favorite parts about working in sustainable finance is just that ability to apply the product so creatively. And, and I think Nutera is such a fabulous uh, case study for this. And it's just amazing to see this as the, the first application of a green loan for a private equity firm in Canada. And, and so really uh, big kudos to you and the whole team at Frontenac for being bold enough to, to take that first step. I'm wondering specifically, what was it uh, after you sort of got over some of those original uh, questions around if this would be relevant for the team, what was it about using a green loan to complete the financing that was attractive to the team at Frontenac? You know, on the, on the front end, we dug in, and I wouldn't say dug deep because most of this was relatively straightforward, but in this, and Angie, this will, this will answer another, another topic, I, I suspect. We looked at all right. What are the what are the costs associated with it? Uh, what are the what are the benefits? And what does it mean in terms of timing to close? Because private equity firms and in investment firms, mergers, acquisitions, otherwise, um, are looking to wrap up transactions as quickly as possible. And and as we dug in as we dug into those things, the, there there weren't fees uh, or costs associated with it from a document documentation uh, point of view. The the credit agreement needed little, if any, uh, modification. I think from an application and forms point of view, HSBC, we had a conversation, a 30-minute conversation, and um, then the, the, that group filled in, filled in the forms, sent them to us, we signed them, and, and that, was, that, was a, that was essentially uh, it. And you know, one aspect I'd say is notable, given that our use of proceeds was to purchase the business and it was approved at closing based on our application, uh, and again, there's not a specific project or set of capital expenditures that would that would take place. We needed to meet those requirements at at closing, but there was not a perpetual uh, test or testing that's that's done over time because as we think about the administrative si side of uh, side of a, a green loan, that's a that's a consideration. No restrictions on our business, on our strategy. Our intention is make no mistake to remain. Um, in the exact core products and solutions that Nutera offers today, but there there was zero friction associated with the application process for for a green loan. I, I suspect because of HSBC's attention to detail um, and emerging experience in in this category. I think when we when we looked at this, uh, as we've continued to have that focus within our within our companies on ways to be more energy efficient. Both from a profitability standpoint, but but all, but also just to do to do the right thing. This was in, incredibly incredibly obvious from uh, you know from uh, from the point of view of making making this this decision. Um, I think we've we what, what are the what are the what are the benefits associated with it? Um, at least from our standpoint, there there weren't there weren't direct economic benefits um, from an interest rate perspective. Uh, com comparable, um, I think we different from a green bond, where where there's tax uh, advantaged aspects of that. Um, you know, here it was it was cost neutral. I guess we as we looked at and evaluated, kind of what are the what are the benefits? They're 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 obvious, and I won't cite the data that we that we studied. I think as you look at 
uh, consumers, employees, and then investors, um, e each one of those has, has incredibly intense focus on ESG policies and, and sustainability to, to the point where um, nine out of 10 consumers um, are, are apt to be more loyal to a, to a company that, that supports their views, millennials especially. And then, um, you know, important to us, our, our investors care deeply about ESG, ESG programs and, and sustainability. So that universe, we, we will be asked a dozen, two dozen times a year where we stand in those, in those regards. And similar to other programs, there's, there's mandates that exist in terms of conditions criteria. So as they're evaluating us as a private equity firm to invest in, they're going through their checklist and, and criteria. And does, does the firm have an ESG policy? Okay, check. Have they invested in sustainable businesses in the past? Check. And I think as we've evaluated being the first um, leveraged private equity transaction in this green loan program, um, there, there's, there's cachet associated with being being the being the first, uh, who was the first, who was the first person to land on the moon? Who was the second? Uh, who was the first president of the United States or prime minister of Canada? Who was the second? And so, to us, it's it's huge in a in a bunch of in a bunch of different uh, settings, and the the investor piece of it's critical. We we put in place an ESG formal ESG policy uh, right around right around two years ago. That's a living, breathing document and continues to expand, get refined. And with each one of our investment opportunities, we'll evaluate the merits of that transaction and go through our checklist from, from an ESG perspective and the sub-bullets associated with that. Um, so long story short, this, this became very, very clearly the, you know, the case that, that we wanted to participate in this program. And we we were we were thrilled with how HSBC educated us on this on this newer product offering. You know, I think anyone who's been a part of one of these transactions will really relate to what you said at the beginning there, which is the importance that that implementing a sustainable finance solution doesn't have to delay uh, closing timelines. That there isn't a, uh, a huge amount of additional transaction costs that get loaded on. So certainly appreciate uh, the the value of of, of that angle. It's also interesting as we look at the full product suite and kind of compare and contrast some of the benefits of the different products, obviously the green loan being much more focused on that uh, publicity angle and, and the credibility that it gives the use of proceeds for the financing that's been provided. And the evolution we're seeing into the sustainability linked loan, the sustainability linked bond market, where there is more of a tie to cost of capital associated with the financing that's being provided. And I, I think just a really exciting evolution uh, within, within the financing space and, and, and will lead to a lot of really uh, broader transactions that, that more industries are able to access. So I know I'm particularly excited to see that. Coming a bit, a bit to your comments around stakeholders, it's definitely an area of importance where, where we've seen a lot of corporates and private equity firms start to focus is, is investor demand and uh, as well as demand from the consumer base and from employees as well. I'm, I'm just curious if you could speak a bit more. I, I think a lot of people still have the perception that this is something that's relevant for the largest pension funds and, and kind of the big players of the world. But as a mid-market private equity firm, 
I'm curious if you could speak a bit more to to how Frontenac is starting to see these questions come up from from investor from your investor base, and uh, what what kind of conversations are going on at the the board level to make sure that you're integrating this looking forward in your investing strategy. It's a great question. I think, and as and as we look at at ESG, the the G, the point around the point around governance is more forward looking than than backward looking. The way a company is oriented before we invest in terms of their board construction, uh, comp- compensation programs, diversity, et, et cetera, it's just less relevant because as we establish a board, a senior leadership team post post closing, that's really where we where we implement those those policies and, and, and practices. And I think on on that dimension, you know, we've we've done a really exceptional an exceptional job. I like to point to we have a database of 2,000 executives that we've spoken with in the last five years. That's tripled in size what it was a few years ago. And the point of this is it gives us access to even more candidates, um, women candidates, minority candidates, and on virtually all of our boards, we'll have one, and in some instances, two. Uh, minority or or female directors, which is which is a, a real a real step forward, and we think differentiated in the in the middle market. The the same is true as far as our CEOs and our and our chairman are are concerned. We've made material material strides in in that in that regard. And I'd also say uh, our 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 firm has has advanced as well. Where uh, right around half of the company is uh, of our company. Is uh, is uh, female or or minority, and 20% of our of our partners, our our managing directors, are are female. So we take great pride in the progress that we've been able to to make. I think from from an investor standpoint, the the bulk of our investors are families or family offices, in insurance companies, and then we have a handful of endowments, um, sort of uh, healthcare. Healthcare-focused uh, in investors, um, international I- investors, and sort of runs the gamut. Runs the gamut from there. It's it's particularly interesting how each one of our investor categories has has interest. So um, families or family offices. Each one of those, kind of without exception, has a philanthropic dimension and and a focus on doing things and doing them the the right the right way. The same is true from from an insurance or a, or a fund to fund or other model, where they're they're increasingly focused on on this is is an important is an important part of their investing strategy. You see it in terms of public company announcements, uh, goals, commitments, and it extends into the investing world. That that is that is not limited to targeting specific ESG funds themselves. But within a more uh, traditional private equity environment, the, these things are closely closely evaluated, and, and there really aren't investment uh, investment um, firm investor typologies where this is neglected or or unimportant. That's really great to hear. I think um, one of the pieces I'm I'm always reflecting on is is the education within that market and. 
I, I know a lot of us are, are constantly learning about what is the mo what are the most relevant questions to be asking within, within ESG. And I think the more we have the investor base kind of working together to, to ask some of those questions and, and, and highlight the different focuses, you know, something you've really pulled out there is the importance of diversity and within ESG and sustainability in general, people are so quick to focus on just the environmental side and, and carbon emissions and driving towards net zero, which is of course critically important in, in the fight against climate change. But the increased focus on the S and, and with COVID last year and the pandemic that we've all been uh, managing through, we've seen just a real rise also in the issuance of social bonds and the focus on the importance of racial equity. And it's exciting to see how uh, finance is able to support corporates as well on, on their journey towards, uh, towards driving social sustainability. So I think that's a really kind of important piece that you've pulled out there. Looking forward, I'm curious how the experience of completing a green loan has impacted your outlook on future financing and if sustainable finance is now more broadly considered by the team and the board at Frontenac when you're assessing investment opportunities. I think that, that our participation and going through the green loan process with HSBC. I mean, it was, was truly, truly eye-opening from our, from our point of view. We would have anticipated prior to that participation that products like that would have been inaccessible given our, given our firm's uh, strategy and the fact that all of our investments aren't focused on sustainability. So I think we've, we've done research since in order to evaluate, are there are there other programs that we could participate in, uh, whether that's loan programs um, or or associations that, that we could that we could be a part of? And so it's really become the top of mind focus, uh, like like these like these things go. We're we're hot on this on this topic on this topic now. So uh, people are focused on it, and I think we've our ESG policy is is ever is ever evolving. And we've we've modified that based on based on this Nutera Nutera experience, and I think that we've got a much more refined view in terms of ways that we can participate. And of course, we're an investment firm. Uh, we have fiduciary responsibilities to to our investors in order to deliver the economic results that they uh, are are pursuing. At the same time, they have other objectives as well that aren't purely based on internal rate of rate of return and so that that is factored in that is factored in as well i think we're more conscious on the front end of some of our uh, investment thesis ideas and executive partnerships and whether there, there's an angle there where where sustainability could could possibly be a, a part a part of a part of an initiative and so i, I think it's been it's it's been a very positive step step forward from our point of view and it's and it's shocking how just the mere awareness and speaking to our investors, um, others, others in our, our industry, our management teams, um, our employees, it really matters to them. And, and increasingly, um, the customers at our, our companies are, are caring about these dimensions as, as well. It's that awareness all around that is, that is difference making. And I think we're really on the front end of something that could be um, truly, truly exceptional on the front end, both from the programs standpoint, as well as on the front end from a lower middle market uh, private equity uh, point of view. Well, given uh, Frontenac is now the expert as the, the vanguard and the first private equity firm to receive a green loan in Canada, 
what would you say to another sponsor who's considering using sustainable finance, but uh, maybe isn't as comfortable yet with sustainability? I think for someone who's new to the to the concept, the the information on the programs it's it's out there. It's very easy to digest in terms of the key principles and the and and the qualifications. It's not nearly as unattainable as one might think. Just hearing about a green loan in in passing. So that 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 would be the first piece of it. And then and then secondly, there are there are folks that that know these products in, inside now. I mean, I'd, uh, HSBC was was the the way that we got we got really educated on this. And again, the fact that there wasn't friction costs, there wasn't additional paperwork. It was us agreeing to to this program and wanting to be included in it, signing off on some some marketing pieces that HSBC has has used. Um, it was it was effortless. I, I suspect that with a with a financing partner that didn't have the experience, the focus, the dedicated group, frankly, and people, this could have been a lot more cumbersome and had, you know, had a real dimension of frustration associated with it. It, it was, it was smooth. So these programs are attainable, study up on them and, and pick the right partner who's, who's an expert. Um, it, it makes it, frankly, it, it was a joy to, <laughs> a joy to go through this, this process with HSBC. Oh, thank you for that, Ron. I know uh, there was a, was a team effort at HSBC and, and the feeling is very mutual. It was, it was a real pleasure to work with yourselves at Frontenac as well as with the team at Nutera on the transaction and, and the sustainability angle as well. So thank you very much for joining us today, Ron. This has been an insightful conversation. I particularly think listeners will find the relevance and applicability of sustainable finance to a traditional private equity firm to really be inspiring as they consider their own sustainability plans. It is clear that Frontenac is helping to drive sustainability both through the assets you acquire and your use of sustainable finance products. So thank you again for joining us today. It's been my pleasure. And thank you all for taking the time to listen. This has been Business Plan for the Planet. This has been a special podcast in the Business Plan for the Planet series. More episodes will follow shortly, so please do keep an eye out for those. For more information on the program, visit business.hsbc.com forward slash sustainability. Thank you for joining us for HSBC Talks Business. To learn more about anything you heard today, please visit business.hsbc.com.